Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Ask Dr. Ben. I'm super excited to be talking to you today, part two of the microbiome discussion. If you didn't catch the first episode, microbiome revelations, the secrets to your health, something like that, I should have should have written that down in front of me. I was quite passionate in that. I do get emotional sometimes about this because it's not right. It's not right. You know, I'm doing all of this to share this information with you because I think we all deserve to live a healthy life. And, um, you know, we're talking at a time when people are fighting for their rights around the world. And to me, the right to health is second, if not tied with, you know, the right to freedom. So, yeah, the microbiome is a challenge. And as you heard me say, the quick summary You're born and your DNA determined the type of bacteria that it wanted in your system, not only on your, in your digestive tract, but on your skin and in every organ. And you have 65 trillion bugs and you have a hundred trillion cells and 65 trillion of those cells are these bacteria that are living symbiotically in your system, working in unison with you. They're you, they are you. There's no distinction there. You can make a distinction saying, well, it's not my DNA. Okay, it's you, right? You wouldn't be surviving without it. And so I am disgusted by the level of attack that is occurring on the microbiome. And in today's discussion, we're going to cover more specifically some of the conditions that are arising out of this and, and why that is occurring. And so the main poisons that we want to talk about are the bleach, Uh, You know, they're bleaching our foods, they bleach our salt, our sugar, our flour, they put bleach in our tap water, put bleach in our chicken, and God knows what other foods they're putting bleach in. Pesticides, so they're putting pesticides in the plants, the dairy, the animals, you know, through the foods that they're fed as they plump them up for our consumption, and the antibiotics that were being prescribed at a ridiculous rate and that now have just ended up in the water supply because they're so prevalent in the communities. And then the GMO foods... Well, wait, did I mention the food preservatives? And so the food preservatives that they're putting in the foods to keep the foods on the shelf because they've eliminated regional farming practices uh, for the most part. And, you know, food preservatives are in almost all the food options that we have, especially the less money you have, the more impoverished you have, the more you are forced to eat the worst possible foods. And then finally, the GMO attack, because GMO foods which are being forced onto our farmers through financial pressures that we highlighted earlier. The GMO foods cause changes in your microbiome. So that's really, let's lead off with that. What What's happening is your DNA knows what it wants. It wants a specific set of bugs. It's chosen those bugs for your existence based on a historical exposure to foods that your parents and their parents had. So there's a level of 
environmental training of your DNA, but your DNA also has a capacity to alter different cells and different operations and not just your DNA, the, the DNA of, of the bacteria that don't share your DNA are also altering because you're in one big happy family in your hundred trillion bug system. I should say 100 trillion cell system. So you're one big happy family, and they're all sharing in this universal knowledge base of, well, how do we keep this body alive? Oh, look, we have a new dietary strategy they've uptaken. How do we survive in this environment? And so in our last episode, we mentioned that food allergies and food intolerances are part of this picture because, you know, when you're exposed to foods, if you expose your, ba- your bacteria to enough foods over enough period of time, they go, okay, we get it. <laughs> we know. Okay, you like milkshakes. Uh, we get it. So we're going to have to modify in order to accommodate that dietary pattern because it's not conducive to our health. And those modifications could affect your overall health presentation in a variety of ways. High blood pressure has been linked to microbiome, diabetes, and in a host of other conditions. And so what's coming up as an epidemic is things like H. pylori and SIBO. And so I had to, you know, here at Osmosis, we make supplements that are very targeted. I'm not a believer in, oh, take this and take a bunch of antioxidants or, oh, take a bunch of probiotics or, you know, these trends And I can promise you that usually things that are trending are not trending for the right reasons. And um, right now, I think, for example, probiotics are doing that. So, in fact, you know what? We didn't dive deep enough into that. I, I think that's where we best start. Probiotics. So right now, you're being told that because of the antibiotics you've taken recently or as a child, your microbiome isn't healthy. And that is true. Your microbiome isn't healthy. It hasn't been healthy probably since you were born because of the, the millions of toxins. Uh, well, I should say the body faces about a million toxins a day, and a lot of those are antimicrobial poisons. So the recommend, you know, the vast majority of medical experts, naturopaths, uh, you know, physicians are all recommending probiotics, even though there is strong evidence from the research that probiotics aren't always the best option. In fact, what I pose to you is because your microbiome is created by your DNA, that you have a very specific strain, you have very specific collection. Everything is purposeful for your specific physiology, for where you live, for your familial history. All of it coordinated at a level of precision that is it's really hard to fathom. And so when you are exposed to a, let's say, a bunch of probiotics, and I, I question the term probiotics because one man's probiotic is another man's malbiotic. And I just made that word up, but I hope you understand the meaning of it, which means that if I, you might be taking right now, let's just say you're taking a lactobacillus strain probiotic. Lactobacillus is the most common strain promoted in the probiotic community. And so you just keep taking lactobacillus all the time. And so you go through a round of antibiotics, you know, you're drinking tap water every day and you're poisoning your microbiome with bleach, but that's okay because every day you take your lactobacillus. That's where you need to self-empower and you need to self-educate because there are many lactobacillus strains that cause obesity. They cause obesity. What do we have an epidemic of in America? Obesity. So 
when you are repopulating, you don't want to repopulate with a strain your body didn't want. You want your DNA to repopulate. That's why the research study showed that when they gave people post-antibiotics, probiotics versus no probiotics, the people that took no probiotics actually recovered more quickly than the people that took probiotics. And that's not to say that you're not going to have those moments where you might just have the right number of strains. Let's say you're taking a probiotic that has four strains in it, and three out of the four just happen to line up with the strains that your body actually needs. That would be quite a miracle, by the way. It'd be pretty tough to do, but let's just say that's true. Then, yeah, you're going to get a net gain in your microbiome, and that's great. But remember, not only do you have very specific, unique strains that are you know, quite different than everybody else in in many ways, not just in the species type, but in the percent of that species present in your system, right? So you may have taken just the right, like let's say you had an unsettled stomach and you started taking lactobacillus and lo and behold, that lactobacillus made your upset stomach better. That's quite possible. But the problem is, is you're like, oh, I'm better. I should keep taking it so I don't have problems again. And so now you're repopulating areas that lost other strains with a lactobacillus strain. Or maybe you're somebody taking the prebiotic, and I'll explain prebiotics in a minute, but maybe you're someone taking the prebiotic inulin, very popular prebiotic, and and you don't realize that what inulin does is it has a bias It doesn't, not all bugs in your system love inulin. In fact, lactobacillus bugs are particularly fond of inulin, but the bifidus population in your body is not. Now, I bring up those two strains because they have some unique research history. You know, if you look at a a rat research, um, they looked at obese rats, and it could be mice. I kind of think this one was rats, but obese rats and thin rats. And they looked at their microbiome population, and they noticed that the obese rats had a higher population of lactobacillus strains. I can't remember the specific ones. And the thin rats had a higher population of bifidus strains, and they uh, decided to look into this more deeply. And what they did is they started doing fecal transplants, one of my favorite mental images. And, and by the way, there are people you know, having some success with fecal transplants, if you can imagine, uh, humans are. But again, I want to speak to that a little bit because your DNA is the genius here. Your DNA is the one tapped in to the universal consciousness of wisdom that determines how your system functions and what you need. And, and so you really want to, instead of giving an environment where your DNA is forced to not do what it originally wanted and, and to alter things, you want to give your DNA the opportunity to replace the system the way it was meant to be starting with the day you were born. Because that's really when the process began. So when we look at this obese rat versus thin rat, and when they did this fecal transplant and they were able to successfully increase the lactobacillus population in the thin rats, lo and behold, the thin rats became fat. And they did the opposite. They started to add some bifidus strains to the fat rats, and lo and behold, the fat rats became thin. And so what you learn from this is that, yes, You can manipulate the microbiome. And yes, I see the feeding frenzy occurring in the research community as they ramp up a whole story on probiotics for you. But what my proposal to you is this, is let's let your DNA come up with the plan. 
And that's where I think non-biased prebiotics make the most sense. And so Osmosis has created a product called Recovery. And the primary combination is a a unique collection of nutrients from uh, sea buckthorn oil, particular the seed, the pulp, and the fruit. And it also contains some macadamia nut oil for its properties. And so the combination of these oils in the specific blend treated with the frequency of the golden ratio, which I look forward to explaining to you, allow for your digestive microbiome and really the microbiome of your entire body to feed its way back to health without bias. That's why I like this prebiotic over other prebiotics. And you'll have people and they'll say, what about fermented foods? What about, uh, why why don't I just eat sauerkraut? Well, what's that sauerkraut fermented with? What bugs is it encouraging? Are they the right bugs for you? Probably not. And so, no, I don't believe in the fermented strategy per se, because, and I'll tell you, I had a brilliant quote unquote concept going a few years ago when I began looking into this, where I was going to figure out which rare species of bacteria the human population was losing that because they were more sensitive and they were dying off earlier. And if I could just replace the good bugs that were lost in the battle as you were young and taking antibiotics for your ear infection or whatever the ones that died off first from the bleach exposure, I was going to replace those and I was going to put those into a fermentation system so that you could eat this food and it would, it would best encourage this reproduction of the right bugs. And then I had my epiphany, which is, again, your body knows the bugs it wants. Don't play God. Don't think you know better than the, your system. So this prebiotic this, in this recovery, I think, is phenomenal. And I've been analyzing, you know, what changes have occurred for me as, uh, you know, post the protocol. And uh, hopefully we can get into that, some of that in a minute. So going back to this idea of taking probiotics, what I would encourage you to do is not, not take probiotics because you don't know what's missing in your system. And if you replace it with the wrong things and almost all of these probiotics have lactobacillus, you could literally be just fattening yourself up. You know, a lot of people don't realize so much of their obesity is not related to you know what, I'm going to do a whole talk on obesity because I think it's misunderstood and I I look forward to sharing that information with you. All right, so let's get into a couple of conditions. H. pylori, one of the great growing concerns out there, one of the most challenging conditions to treat, and I know why. Because it's not a bug that is really being shared the way I think they want to describe it. It's, it's not something that we get exposed to. And as a result of that exposure, like, like getting the common cold, like we passed it on to somebody else. I don't see it that way. I see H. pylori as a phenotypic change of the existing microbiome in your stomach. And the phenotypic change is pretty stark. And it produces stuff that is toxic to the body, but it's doing that because of the altered environment. So what I propose to you is that as a result of us taking antacids, as the result of us grabbing a big gulp when we have a meal or diluting our stomach acid, as a result of the poisoning that food does to even the stomach cells, the bacteria in the stomach change. The cells in the stomach alter to a point where this 
creature we call H. pylori is now present. And in order to change it back, you have to change your environment. So we're spending all this time having someone take antibiotics. Uh, the, the regimen is pretty nasty for H. pylori. It's like a month of antibiotics. It's, it's all these different supplements and food changes and dietary changes. And lo and behold, I don't know what the success rate is. It's probably like 50% of people start to see changes in the symptoms from their H. pylori, and they see an improvement in their H. pylori. Well, what I pose to you is it wasn't about the antibiotics. And yeah, maybe as being exposed to certain types of antibiotics for a month might cause phenotypic changes of this bug, okay? Yes, it can go back the other way. Switches can be turned on and off back the other direction. And they change their diet. And as a result of changing their diet, because they're so miserable with their H. pylori, and as a result of possible phenotypic changes occurring from you know a month-long exposure to antibiotics they, in fact, see a change back to a normal strain of bacterium and normal functioning digestive process within the stomach. But what I posed to you, what the original challenge was what we were saying. It's digestive choices. It's, it's diluting your stomach acid. It is a weakening of the signals that trigger the pancreas. I really believe it's not like the pancreas fails or starts to fail or becomes fatigued, but it's a change in the signaling of the pancreas, which is a result of the change of the microbiome. Everything is about this epigenetic change, guys. I'm telling you, epigenetics is so fascinating. It's so telling. It just really pushed me so strongly in this new direction of clean the slate. We need to clean the slate of the human body. So, you know, for H. pylori, the protocol uh, that we offer is I, I make a, an anti-pathogen. But in this case, you know, I don't know if H. pylori can be arguable. It, it's converted into a pathogen, right? Because a pathogen is something that's no longer working to promote your health, but it is actually distorting your health. So uh, this phenotypic change in the bacteria creates this alteration to a, it's a pathogenic state. And so we take immune defense from the osmosis range and it's two doses and, you know, doses by it's like, you know, one bottle for every hundred pounds. So you take two doses over a 12 hour period, 12 hours apart, and then you get on recovery for a month. It'll take about a month to phenotypically revert back the H. pylori cells, uh, taking a tablespoon a day. But I highly recommend that you finish the three months and take a tablespoon a day for three months so that you can help the entire microbiome uh, reach a level of balance and restore us and, and turn those switches back. <laughs> you know, let's flip the switches back so that uh, we see that level of recovery, which hence the name of, of that particular prebiotic strategy. Now, why did I put the frequencies of the golden ratio into the system? Well, because the entire body operates on the golden ratio. Nature itself uses the golden ratio as a mathematical constant, as uh, you see it in the patterns of tortoises or snails or fish scales or tree branches. The golden ratio is everywhere, and our cells divide in a golden ratio pattern. So the encouragement of the frequency imparted on the oil, I believe helps to reestablish a golden ratio uh, recovery strategy and, and hence uh, why we added it to this 
Now, C. buckthorn is not inexpensive, and I apologize to you in advance that uh, the product itself is uh, relatively pricey. Just know that maintenance of your microbiome is about a teaspoon a day, much more affordable and tolerable. And I don't put it in capsules because for a lot of you, you have to take a lot of it, right? A tablespoon a day for three months. And so uh, if I put that, a tablespoon in capsules, you'd just be pounding pills all day long. So now let's move on to SIBO. What is what causes SIBO? So that stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And again, it's not really an overgrowth of a new strain of bacteria like they would like to tell you, in my opinion. And I, I don't think most physicians are, there's, you know, you, we just go off of the information that's fed to us from a research system that is corrupt, that is uh, led by money. Right. So, uh, you know, the problem with physicians is we're too smart for our own good. In many cases, we've been trained to track that evidence and we dive in deep to the research. But really, the research is just manipulating us. It's just tools used to peer pressure us into following uh, the mainstream mentality. And I eject. I reject the system. I think it's broken and it needs a reset. There's a lot of things that need a reset in this country. I think, you know what, we start, ought to start marching for our health. We ought to start marching to demand that we get healthy foods. Because, you know, the same people who are upset, and rightfully so, at the rights that have been diminished in our country for the impoverished, and in, some, in many cases for racial bias, are the same. Those same people are being the most poisoned with the fast foods that's the only food they can afford and the grocery store choices that they're given, which is just a bunch of baggies of food preservatives that they're fed and they're miserable and they're suffering and it's not right. And it goes up the chain, goes all the way up to us, except for the very few at the top of the chain who get to choose a, a less poisonous, semi-pesticide-laden organic food. Woohoo for us. No, I reject it. We need food to be restored to a non-GMO status because that's what our microbiome knows best. And we need the pesticides eliminated from the system. And we need a better choice of farming. Do you know, I'm going to share a story I just heard. Oh my gosh, I don't have enough time to go on tangents. Okay, I can't share the story maybe for another time. But I, I was listening to Elon Musk's brother, Kimball Musk, who's a pretty remarkable guy in and of himself. I'm a huge fan of Elon. And just listening to his strategy for growing foods and an ecosystem that we create based on the environments around the world that we know to be the best for that food and to be able to treat the bacteria using the ecosystem, changing the weather pattern as opposed to adding a nasty pesticide that poisons us. It's brilliance. I never heard of it before and it needs to be. It needs to be dressed. Okay, I went on my tangent. All right, back to the back to SIBO. So what happens with SIBO is the food comes through the stomach. It's not well digested. It's not well digested because the microbiome was altered and that affected the pancreas and the production of digestive enzymes. It's not well digested because the type of GMO foods that are sending through our system aren't digested in the same way, which has led to gluten sensitivity and all kinds of craziness. And so now this food works its way down to uh, this poorly digested system. And a lot of people don't produce enough acid. But again, that could be microbiome alterations. That could just be dilution. That could just be a poisoning of the stomach. Remember, a lot of people are drinking alkalinized water every day. That hurts the stomach cells. That alters the microbiome. 
by drinking alkalinized water that way, you know, that's, that's not the best way to get your system more alkaline because of its impact on your stomach. And your stomach is like first line of nutrient acquisition, if you will. So you don't want to be messing with your nutrient acquisition. And what happens to these poor people who take their antacids? They get worse. They have more poisoning. They have more microbiome changes. Do not take an H2 blocker. Do not take an antacid. Get away from the -the over-the-counter remedies and the maloxes and the milk of magnesias. The things that are further changing your microbiome and flipping switches you don't want to flip, please stop taking those. Now, osmosis makes a digestive enzyme called digestive support. I think it's one of the better ones out there based on my analysis. I think you'll enjoy it. I don't add acid to it because I think there's too many people who are compensating with low production of digestive enzymes by making too much acid. Not everybody, but a lot of people, and that's causing acid reflux. So acid reflux should be on this list of of digestive symptoms that are happening. So just a reminder on the face map, and you can go to osmosisbeauty.com and map your face to see if you've got these digestive changes and what it's telling you about your digestive tract. Because on the sides of your nose, if you're seeing blood vessels pop up or if you're red, if the nostrils outside of your nostrils are red, you have acid reflux, whether you feel it or not. And about a third of people don't feel it. And you have acid reflux because you're not digesting food well. So what does America say to that? Oh, you're not digesting food well? Take an antacid. It's crazy. It's crazy, but true. So take a digestive enzyme. Now, what's interesting with SIBO and digestive enzymes is initially a lot of people I'm finding can't tolerate a digestive enzyme because those bugs, now that they flip the switches in your small intestine don't like digested food anymore. They flipped that switch off a while ago. So they don't like the digestive food. So you start trying to put good foods in your system and the body goes, oh, I don't like that. Healing oils like sea buckthorn might even trigger a little bit of nausea as the bugs are like squirming and discomfort because they don't like the properly digested food coming through the system. So that's how I think SIBO has been born. It's an epigenetic change of the microbiome of the small intestine that results from digestive alterations because of all the things we just talked about. So how do you treat that? Kind of in a similar way. It's really, recovery is the main trigger here. You could certainly do your two doses of immune defense, and I think that that is always a helpful way to go because what you're doing is you're sort of knocking down anything that's a pathogen. Now, what the crazy part about immune defense is it's the cancellation wave to the golden ratio. And I don't know if all of you know about my energy medicine strategies, and I get, like, you're like, oh, my God, you're an MD. What are you saying? Energy Listen, the results we're getting speak for themselves. If you're finding a stumbling block on anything, I'm sorry. And obviously this wasn't meant for to be your direction and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But for so many, this is the right way to go. So it's two doses of immune defense separated by 12 hours. It's the cancellation wave to the golden ratio strategy. It just was an epiphany I had several years back. And basically what it is, is it says it doesn't kill any of the good bugs because the good bugs are living within the golden ratio. The bugs that are altered, the ones that are, are functioning outside of the golden ratio, which is why they're causing harm to your system, those are the ones that are susceptible. That was my epiphany. It's proven out. It's been really incredible. Like there's antiviral properties, there's antifungal properties, and there's antipathogen properties in general. It's really exciting and fun for me. So you do that for your system and then you take recovery and you restore your microbiome and you recover from SIBO. 
You recover from acid reflux with a similar model, only you add the digestive enzyme. And I would add digestive enzyme for SIBO as well. Now, if you're somebody who's like, I can't take the recovery and the digestive enzyme, they're both causing me nausea. The nausea or the the bloating that might occur, that might be for two weeks. So pick one or the other because both of them are going to help turn the switches back and and try to push through. You can write me at drbandedosmosisbeauty.com if, if you're struggling with it or if you're trying to figure out how to best do this. But let's restore your microbiome in those zones. Now let's get to, uh, since we've hit the 30 minute mark, I'm gonna go a little bit over because let's hit the IBS situation. There's a ton of people with IBS. I believe a lot of IBS is caused by candida overgrowth. And again, candida is promoted by progesterone. It is promoted by sugar. It's promoted by mucus forming foods. So that's dairy and fried food. Those cause damage to the cells. They, the cells create mucus. The candida find that opportunistic. So you got to clean out your mucus. We have a mucus cleanse called Skin Clarifier. And um, one of the tells for, uh, for mucus is, is blackheads on the face. So if you're getting blackheads, that means your system is full of mucus. Another tell for mucus is allergies. If you have a constant runny nose, believe it or not, that's a sign that you've filled up to the brim all the way into your sinuses with mucus. So skin clarifier, sometimes you need one 10-day cleanse. Sometimes you need three 10-day cleanses. If you're somebody who's struggling with skin conditions because of an overgrowth of candida, chances are you need three cleanses in a row to get back to square run and then you're taking our product called skin perfection to shrink the candida population but yes a ton of ibs so a ton of people getting rosacea have ibs and that ibs is caused by a microbiome distortion usually it's a candida overgrowth so again, you're looking at recovery to restore the microbiome. You're looking at a mucus cleanse in this case instead of the immune defense. And you're looking at the skin perfection for usually three months on average, but some people might need it longer. Follow your intuition. I love it when I hear people are like, I don't know, Dr. Johnson, I'm asking for your help, but this is what I ordered already. And I can't tell you how many times they got it right. Your intuition is talking to you. If you're listening to me, and I know this might sound like some marketing ploy, but I feel it to the core of my soul. If your intuition has got you listening to me right now, it's because you're ready for changes and answers. Because that's what I seem to be providing right now. Change and answers. And I've, it's been a decade-long process here, speaking and learning and, and evolving myself to know what I think we need right now. And I don't claim to have all the answers. All I claim to be is open to the possibilities. I refuse to accept the mainstream dictates. And I hope you do too, because nothing seems to be working. America is getting sicker and fatter. We're dying earlier now. Our life expectancy is declining. What? We got to change this. And like I said earlier, it starts with putting good, healthy food into your body that doesn't have a bunch of poisons that are poisoning the microbiome system that is keeping you alive and healthy. So what happens when you get poisoned over and over again? Your cholesterol goes up. You take some medication that completely distorts something else in your system. And you feel miserable and tired and depressed from that. And then what do they give you? I'll take an antidepressant. Just... It's broken, guys. I'm so frustrated with you. I hope you can hear my frustration. Okay. So IBS is another one of these uh, microbiome-like conditions. Constipation is another example of a microbiome condition, a digestive 
imbalance uh, within the system. Again, you use a lot of these remedies to treat all of these things. A lot of people with chronic constipation, they get blood vessels on their the very point of their chin, or they'll get perioral dermatitis because the stool sits in their rectal region for too long and irritates the lining and causes inflammation, or they break out around their mouth because they've got candida in that region because of constipation or simply because of the dietary habits that they have. So there's a lot of links and a lot of connections here. The microbiome is incredibly complex. So my default, whenever things are so complex that there's no way to say, oh, this is the one answer for everybody. My answer for you is you're the answer. Fix your system by just feeding it with the right stuff. Fix your system by cleaning the slate of toxicity within you. Fix your system by killing off the pathogens that are distorting your health. And lo and behold, you're going to start feeling really good. And you're going to start looking good. And you're going to start losing weight. And I'll close with that. Since I've done uh, my recovery, I've had a level of weight loss that I've never seen before. Now, I don't run. I was never super obese. You know, I might have run. I probably at my most have been 25 pounds over my desired weight at any time. But I've never been able to work my way to, to a six pack. You know, I've never been able to work my way down to a level because it it takes a healthy microbiome to get to that level of health for most people. I mean, starvation might do it. I shouldn't say it's only microbiome. I guess what I want to say is a healthy microbiome makes this so much easier. Now, I can tell you something else is really interesting. My appetite sits. There's like this 10-week transformation after you complete the three-month protocol. You're going to see your appetite shift. The amount of ice cream I ate right after I finished my protocol. Yes, okay, I love my ice cream. Kept declining every week. My cravings for sugar and going into the cabinet. And I test myself. I've gone to the store recently and bought a bunch of goodies. And I don't even go in and grab it. It's just sitting there, sitting in my cabinets, and it's awesome. So cravings change as a result of microbiome. I need to check my cholesterol because it used to be a little elevated, and I'm going to go see if changing this microbiome has done that. A lot of you that might be pre-diabetic, remember, you change your microbiome, you might fix that problem. Follow your blood pressure because you may see your blood pressure change as a result of this. Those are just a few of the early things that I'm excited to tell you you can expect to see changes in. But most importantly, I think everyone has the right to be able to enjoy foods, all foods. Enjoy sweets for on occasion. You should be able to, to splurge when you want. Have the occasional glass of wine. You know, do the things that bring you happiness without experiencing nausea or, or diarrhea or constipation or bloating or all the horrible things that are occurring to people who just don't know what's happening. They're, they can't explain it to them. So please like and share this if this speaks to you, to those you think it can help. You know, I'm here every week bringing you new information to try to chip away at the misinformation and the misdirection that is our current healthcare system. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.